0: And hello everybody. It is Ginger Marie Elizabeth Minge the Third Jr. And I am so excited for this very special edition of Local Queen coming to you live from backstage here in beautiful scenic. Very, very frigidly cold, Sarnia, Ontario. And I'm very excited to be here with my very special guest queen today, Miss Aaliyah Holmes. Somebody I've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years. And I'm so excited to share them with each and every one
1: of you. So how you doing, gal? I am doing absolutely amazing, Ginger. Thanks Are for you? having me. Thanks
0: for being had. That's wonderful. And you look amazing.
1: Thank you. I try, you
0: know. (laughs) So I want you to to tell our listeners a little bit about like you, your background, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, of course. The Reader's
0: Digest version. We'll delve into
1: it. (laughs) So I am originally from Birmingham, Alabama. And then um, about a little over 15 years ago, I moved to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, where I started my drag career. I did that for about 10 years, and then I met my husband, and I moved all the way up here to the frigid, cold northern states of Michigan out to the outskirts of Detroit, and I've been up here for the past five years. Do and drag.
0: Yeah, so we are in in Canada right now, and that's what's so interesting about this particular performer right here is, yes, you are based in Michigan. Yes, you say the
1: outskirts of Detroit. Yep. So I'm in Linden, Michigan, which is basically an hour from Detroit and 45 minutes to an hour in Flint. Okay, but so, I have clean water.
0: Oh, sorry. So your water. I have clean water. <laughs> All right. Sponsored by Aquafina. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. They don't have enough money to sponsor anybody. I'm sure. Who drinks Aquafina? I mean, us. Us, us right here <laughs> keeps us hydrated. Um, and you say you've been there for the last five years. Yes. With your husband. Yes. Yeah. And what? It, what is it that took you there?
1: Him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He took you there. Put you in the car. Yeah. And said, this is where we're going. So we we met on an all-gay cruise five years ago. Uh, we dated long distance for a year while I was still in Michigan. Or he was in Michigan. I was in Atlanta. And then I was like, hey, you know, do you still want to try this long distance? Or what would you like to do? So he said, you know what? I want you to move up here and be with me. So I moved up to Michigan. And so Aaliyah had been born years before. Yes. How yes.
0: long have you been doing he said. 15 years? I have been doing drag for a total of 10 years. 10. Okay. And the thing that I find so interesting is that even though you are an American girl, yes, you are also um, an international kind of gal as well because you do a lot yes. of shows
1: here in Canada. I do. I do. Um, I have gotten to know Lawrence, who is part of, or the owner of Lavender Production, and we have become great friends over the last three years. And he has brought me up here to Michigan or up to Ontario. He's brought me to Windsor. He's brought me to Sarnia and London, Canada, <laughs> Canada, not Texas. There's a, there's
0: a London, Canada and a Paris, Texas. Yes. And neither <laughs> one of them are as exotic as you may think. No, I've been to both. They're lovely, <laughs> but not quite what you would think. <laughs> so you, you work in Canada frequently.
1: Yes, I and do. How has that been like post pandemic? So this is actually post pandemic. This is actually the first time that I've been able to cross the border. Um, But I mean, the process wasn't hard. I had to get a a rapid test done three days before I got to the border. I did the rapid test. I came back negative. You had to show your vaccination card, which is what I have. And what I was expecting to be like a good three hour delay at the border. (laughs) turn into like a three minutes. Yeah. Well, and that's
0: actually very interesting that you bring that up because I actually, um, I got diagnosed with COVID you know, about a month ago or so. And um, for 90 days, you can't take a PCR test because it will come back yeah. as, as a false positive. It's very likely that it will. So I was like, how am I going to get through the border in Canada? <laughs> They've been locked up so tight. Yes. Um, but they, they were lovely to work with. I would I would say
1: Canadians, They really know how to treat people. They do, they do. I mean, even, you know, every time I come up here for a show, which is a lot, um, they have always treated me with the utmost respect. They've all been like, oh my God, we're so glad that you're here. It gives us a fresh feel of what the Americans queens do. Mm -hmm. And that's always good to know that, you know, they are looking out for new and innovative queens to come up here to Canada and perform for them. Innovative, invasive.
0: We penetrate the country. It's lovely. (laughs) So um, we're going to delve into all of this stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I want to know, before we begin, what is your definition
1: of a local queen? To me, a local queen is basically somebody who supports the community that they're in, the town that they're in, surrounding towns that they're in even if it's across the state, that is a local queen to me. Anywhere you go inside the state that you are at, that is a local queen. And would you consider yourself a
0: local queen, even though you, you, you literally, you break down the borders and you go from one country to the next. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the geography, we're gonna give you a lesson real quick. <laughs> uh, Detroit, Michigan yes. is
1: literally 15 minutes away from Windsor. Yes. So it's you, easy. So, so you can stand at Motor City Casino, which I know very well, <laughs> very well. You could stand there on top of the building and look across the river at Caesars Casino in Windsor and say hi to all the friends there like mm-hmm. I do. And it's, it's owned by Caesars Palace. It, that was very exciting for me. Yes.
0: Well, this one, the first thing she says last <laughs> night at our show is, oh, by the way, if you're up to it, we're going to the casino afterwards. I'm like, ah, no, no, you don't want to see me at a casino. It's not good. It's not good for anybody except the casino. Right. Uh, so yeah. let's talk about how you got started in drag. Now, where were you living at that time? You were in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes. So
1: I had been in Atlanta for three years, and I had always wanted to do drag because when I lived in Birmingham, I saw Trinity Taylor performing. That was my very first drag queen that I met. That wasn't enough to scare you away forever. Unfortunately not. <laughs> but I met Trinity. We become very close friends. then I you know met Obscenity, who's a local queen there. Um, Paris Campbell, who is now the current reigning Miss National Entertainer of the Year. Um, we all grew up together in that scene where I basically just learned what drag was about. Yeah. So when I lived in Atlanta, I was like, you know what? I want to do what's going to make me happy. And that was drag. So I took the first step and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this for me because I know this is what's going to make me happy in life. Yeah. So I took that step and I started doing drag. So many people told me, don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to ruin your life. You're such a gorgeous boy. Just Just stick with that. But that's not what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to make myself happy. And that's why I started doing drag. Well, and I think especially
0: years ago, coming from the Southern pageant scene, like the two of us do, there was this big distinction between the male side and the female side of drag. And of course, luckily, we have learned to blur those lines a little bit more so you don't have to sacrifice when you feel one way or the other, they can coexist. Yes. And it wasn't until recently, and honestly, we're still working on it. But it, it's a hard concept for some people to really grasp onto. Mm-hmm. It's like, just because you dress like this doesn't make you any less of a man, and just because you you are born a male, it doesn't mean that makes you any less of a woman. Yes, correct. I and. Mean- it's nice it's, to see the the world going in that direction. We still have some growing
1: to do. Right. I mean, but, you know, you look at all these gorgeous queens that you see on TV, out in shows, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, they're gorgeous queens. And then you see them out of drag and you're like, there's no way you can do both. Well, there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to put on some makeup. I mean, mind you, it takes some time to learn it. But, <laughs> I mean, the... Everybody can learn how to do it, no matter who you are. And that's what I love about drag queens. They just do them. I have to tell you, one of my favorite, and I've talked
0: about this on the podcast before, one of my favorite types of drag is AFAB drag. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people still feel in their hearts that that is not valid drag. First of all, we're here to tell you all drag is valid. right? Even if you don't think it's good, it is still valid because somebody connects with it somewhere. And I, the biggest criticism that I've heard about AFAB drag is that, well, it's just not fair because they naturally look that way. And da, da, da. If you look at people like Victoria scone or Venus envy, they take this, this makeup, just like we right. do, and they completely transform themselves into a different character. Mm-hmm. And that's really what drag is about. It's about right. transforming into somebody that you necessarily aren't always. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your very first show? What, what what got
1: you, your gateway drag? My first show, I did a, it was a spotlight at LaBuzz nightclub with Monica Van Pelt, who was hosting. Um, she recently passed away, unfortunately, but she helped me get the start in it. And so I started there, I did a guest spot here and there, I went to Blake's on the park. I did one or two spots there. And then uh, Phoenix started up a Dragnificent competition for girls who wanted to showcase coming out, just starting out in drag. And so that's where I got my start, was doing the Dragnificent competition and just doing it every single week. And did you have uh, like a, a drag mother that put you into drag for the first time or were you all on your own? I was on my own for the first couple of years. Um, I mean, I had a drag mother, um, Aurora Sexton. You know, she basically she told me, you know, do this. Make sure you do this. Learn how to do this. Don't jump into doing something you aren't comfortable with. And which is what I learned. I said, you know, if I'm not comfortable, I'm not going to jump into it. So she basically told me that stuff at first, but after about five years of me getting the niche and everything, Celeste Holmes actually became my drag mother. And that's where Holmes part of my name comes. Um, She basically taught me everything that I know as far as pageantry, what I need to do for pageantry, how to prepare for pageantry, how to prepare my looks, what type of hair works for me, what type of gowns work for me and things like that. So Celeste Holmes has truly been that mother figure in the drag community for me and so many other people. Let me tell you about Celeste Holmes
0: for just a moment. She reignited this infatuation that I have with Betty Davis, particularly with Betty Davis as baby Jane. We were doing the Continental, I used to do Continental pageantry Mm -hmm. all the time. And the Plus, which is the Plus Size Division, and Elite, which is those contestants over 40. We used to call it Miss Incontinental. (laughs) That's (laughs) terrible. Um, But she came out in the full baby Jane, wheeling uh, a blanch around in the wheelchair. It was sickening. It was sickening. And every breath, every eye twitch, every lip movement, she had it. I was on and there's 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 something great you know it's fun to go and watch somebody lip sync a a song yeah something that you know dance around the stage it's fun to see people sing but when people can act Mm -hmm. and you're not even allowed to make those acting choices because they've been made by somebody years and years before you're able to still nail it i think the building just collapses (laughs) it's like we're going to keep going (laughs) until the signal cuts um but if you're able to take something that somebody else has made iconic Lip sync it, know every breath, every word, and still deliver this performance that feels new
1: and fresh. That's so exciting. Yeah. She she is the one, you know. After I watched her do that performance, I asked her, I said, How did you know that that is something that you could do? Mm-hmm. And she said, When you're in drag, you're acting. Yeah, that's basically what it is: is you're acting out. And so she said, I can see you doing theatrical Broadway numbers. And that's what I started doing for my talents. Um, I do uh, Glenda, I've done Wicked, Alphaba, um, I've done Girl in 14G, I've done, um, yeah. She's run the gamut of The Great White Way. Kristen Chenoweth.
0: Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth, <laughs> all the way. <laughs> Who is such a fan of drag. Oh, God, yeah. She's a huge fan of drag. Um, I met her when she came to a Christmas show that I did in New York, and she's just this big and just looks up at you like like a little girl with the biggest eyes, just so excited. And I just found this out, she is 4'11". She is. Short. When you can make me (laughs) at five foot three feel like a giant that mean, you're short <laughs> yeah. and she is but her talent is so big oh the range and her presence when she walks into a mm-hmm. room it's just it's overwhelming you know she knows she's a star All right.
2: we don't need to talk about
0: her because everybody <laughs> else does P.S. go listen to her Christmas album it's oh. fantastic right, I got it. so um, what kind of a, we've kind of touched on you know you do the, the Broadway-esque yeah. numbers for for pageantry but overall what kind of a
1: queen like if you had to put yourself into a box what would it be? I mean, I guess you would call me a showgirl pageant queen. I mean, I love the glamour. I love the rhinestones, the sparkle, the beaded gowns, the high fashion. That is who I am. And that's what I've grown to learn and love. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any drag children? I had one. Had? Yeah, he, he stopped. He had some family issues with his real family. And so he kind of stopped doing it for a little while. Um, I told him, I said, you know, take care of your family first Mm -hmm. and make sure everything is okay with that before you start this, because this will consume you and take you away from everything else. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your family is taken care of first
2: and then come
1: back to this. It's very difficult in
0: drag because it is it's all consuming and it's overwhelming and sometimes it's hard to really focus on real life. Yep. And and the things that you have to get done outside of this because even when I'm laying in bed at night I'm like okay so this is what I did in the show tonight. This is what I need to do tomorrow. Oh my gosh, I need to go set those wigs. I need to wash that. I need to do this. Should I wear a nude lip or should I go with a pink? It's, I mean, it's a lot and it sounds very trivial, but it, it, this is our job. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, you're not doing yourself any favors if you're not trying to get better and better every time you step on stage. So it's very important to make mm-hmm. sure that you get your ducks
1: in a row outside of drag. Oh yeah. I, I learned that the hard way. When I moved up to Michigan, my husband had no idea how big I was into drag until he got to my apartment in Atlanta and saw that I had 27 boxes of drag (laughs) and two boxes of boy (laughs) clothes. And he was like, I don't have a house big enough for all of this. And I was like, well, you better build one. We're going to have to learn. (laughs) So we basically, you know, over the last couple of years, we have learned to go back and forth and Basically, he, he is now fully supportive of me. He understands exactly what I go through, what I want to do. And he comes to all of my shows, all of my pageants, everything. I love that. What's the first pageant you ever won? So my first pageant I ever won was Miss Gay Georgia, US of A Newcomer.
0: Miss, oh, the US of A Newcomer. I'm so bitter about that system because I started doing drag and I was thrown to the wolves. Mm-hmm. I started doing Continental, which is one of the hardest pageants to do. And it was like two years later, the newcomer system came around. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wish that that was there because I would
1: have, I don't know, felt a little more at ease, a little more comfortable. It definitely helped me because it helped me understand how pageants work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first year I did it, I went in just to go for the experience because I wanted to know what, a national pageant was like yeah and so going to usfa newcomer helped me out tremendously because the following year that i came back i was more prepared i had everything down to what i wanted to do to a t i had my eyes dotted my t's crossed everything was done and i missed the top 10 by five points
0: but that's okay. But that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Ha- to me, pageantry, well, even drag race, it's not ever really about winning for me. You know, it'd be nice to it's, win. It's the experience. It's, it's, I feel like I win every time I can look at it and go, this is what you did wrong. This mm-hmm. is how you get better. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. Just answer whatever's off the top of your head. What oh. is <laughs> alcohol? <laughs> man. What is Alcohol. For $500, um, what is the worst performance you've
1: ever given? Ooh. Worst performance I ever have given was, I was doing a bar number and I climbed up on the bar. I did a little twirl, I jumped off and I jumped off at the right moment, at the right angle and my heel broke off completely. And I went into the splits and ripped my costume all the way up the back, through the zipper. From the rooter to the tutor, as we say in the South. And album. I just, and I, I can't do the splits. <laughs> she did that night. Yeah, and I sat there, and I had to get somebody to help me up. <laughs> and I just stood there, and I'm like, okay, I have a broken shoe. My costume is now completely off. So basically, I just took it off. I wrapped it around my waist, and I kept performing. Well, you have to. The show must go on.
0: All right. What is the performance you are most proud of in your career? Most proud
1: of is the um, when I won Miss uh, Fifty States. That was my talent performance. I had done Wicked, and I was one point away. Were you Glinda Wicked. or Elphaba for this I was Wicked? Glinda. Glinda. I was one point away from a perfect score. <sighs> That's so good. And that was my best performance I have ever done for a talent ever. Love that. Um, what would
0: your advice to any local queen out there for any any queen that's up and coming, just starting out, what would that advice be? Never give up. Never give up. That is that is probably the best advice that I've gotten from any of my guests and it's the most succinct.
1: Yep. that yep. It's true. I've always had people, you know, Maybe this isn't for you. Maybe, you know, try something else. No, if it's not for me, then I'm going to keep doing it until I get better at it. Because you don't know what I can do. Only I know what I can do and what I can perfect. So I'm going to keep on pushing myself to the limits to get to where I want to be. So don't ever tell me no, don't don't give up. Yeah, push yourself, push yourself.
0: Continue to do that. It has been such a pleasure to chit-chat with you for a few minutes.
1: Uh, Where can all of our guests find you on the social media? So you can find me on Facebook at Aaliyah Holmes. You also have me on Instagram at Aaliyah Holmes 88. And I just started doing Tiki Talk. Ooh. Tiki Talk.
0: I had one for a year before I knew I even had it because my husband started it. He's following me around with the phone, filming me doing stupid shit. He's like, Oh, you got 15 million
1: views. Like, on what? Right. Is this Pornhub? Yeah, exactly. Hey. But, right. So, same thing for Tiki Tok is Aliyah Holmes 88.
0: All right. And of course, you can always find me on all social media. Just go to gingerminge.com and you can find that. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with another very special guest from Sarnia, Ontario, Canada.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody, to this
0: exciting edition of Local Queen. Once again, I am Ginger Minge, and I am here with another very, very, very special guest, the one and only, thank God, because I don't think the world could take
2: much more of her, It's true. Ms.
0: Amanda Villa. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you for coming way up here into southwestern Ontario and giving yeah. us
0: a piece of your Yeah, I'm spreading my mange all over Ontario. It's been
2: really fun and it's been very cold. It is cold. It actually kind of a little bit snowed today, you know. Did it? Expect that up in Canada.
0: I missed it. I missed the snow time drizzling down upon us, anointing us for the holiday season. It's true. Oh,
2: dingle, dangle, wingle, wangle.
0: (laughs) So you said you were good, but I have to say you're actually really great. Uh, Last night when we did our first show together, I was so, like the dressing rooms were so far back. I didn't get to see anybody perform. Tonight I got to stand right over on the edge. You turned it out. Thank y'all. You did one of my all-time favorite Dolly Parton songs. You did the version I got to do of Jolene from the movie Dumplin' and turned it.
2: Honey, that's exactly why I did it, because I love you, and I wanted to pay you a little tribute, and it's got sort of this funky housey beat to it, and the audience loves it, and I love to stomp. Yeah. It's a good stomp and stomp. So can you give me, like, a quick Reader's Digest
0: version, and then we'll delve into it, of just kind of who you are and where you got started?
2: Sure. I mean, I'm an... <laughs> older queen, a little advanced, just (laughs) seasoned seasoned girl. Um, Literally been doing drag probably for half my life. Um, But really only recently did she decide, hey, I'm going to start turning this and try to do it a bit more professionally. Here we are. I was an elementary school teacher for 15 years. Do you know
0: that uh, sure. before I fell into drag, I was an actor, but I was going to school to become a school teacher for elementary. No shit. Yeah. And I also have been on the stage all my life. I'm a singer too, baby. I can tell. Well, we did sing a little bit together last night on a smoke, bre- uh, an oxygen break. Um, and it was lovely. You fantastic voice, so talented, so charismatic. Ugh. How was Amanda born?
2: Well, I'm also a plant guy, so Amanda herself, this in, in, say incarceration, no, that <laughs> also is a previous life. this sort of version of herself, um, I'm a plant guy, so there's a flower called Amanda Villa, I put an A on the beginning, called her Amanda Villa, and everyone just loves to call me Mandy, Ms. Amanda Villa, <laughs> for the age. And has that been your name all along? You know what, um, for anybody that knows Canadian uh, sort of iconography, there was a guy on the NHL Hockey Night in Canada named Don Cherry, but male Don Cherry, and really brash, really like bold, really kind of um, gaudy. And so I went with Don Cherry for a little while, D-A-W-N Cherry, and then somebody grabbed it, went and did a pride parade, dressed kind of like him, but in drag, and I was like, I don't have the name, it's very <laughs> <laughs> so we're Amanda Villa. Yeah, baby. And how long have you had that name? This name has probably been just about a year and a half. I've really only set up an Instagram kind of a less than a year ago and started to really stomp the boards professionally just this year. So the thing that I found so interesting
0: about you and the whole reason I really wanted to bring you on the podcast was because when we were talking last night, you have kind of an interesting journey in drag that's a little different than most queens.
2: Mm -hmm. So you started uh, mostly doing like charity gigs? Exactly, Ginger. I was like, you know, I was a theater guy, always campy. I would do charity gigs, maybe a little bit of office gigs, this and that and the other thing. The Odd Pride Parade and, you know, followed more my other career. I just didn't think, I didn't think I would have it. I didn't think, in fact, I thought I would end up in a ditch, you know, with a bottle and a cigarette and well, I still do that, but <laughs> everyone has a brand, you know,
0: <laughs> Exactly.
2: no, but you know, it's, I, it's late in my life. Like, honey, I'm almost going to and, um, I'm still here doing it. So what the fuck, right? I'm loving it, living it. I think that if you decide to change your drag name again, it should be charity gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I got another one and you probably appreciate this. I, I kind of wish I had gone with it. Tammy. Why not? Tammy. Why <laughs> not? Why the fuck not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um you started doing like uh, local charity gigs that's why we got you to drag yeah the theater girl yeah and do you consider yourself what what type of queen like do you veer more towards theater camp or
2: thanks yeah i mean she's looking kind of glammy tonight but i'm i'm a camp queen you know she likes to make her face it's very expressive oh,
0: another good drag glammy why not? oh honey there you go. These
2: are just free. Y'all take them. Take them. Just tag us. <laughs> yeah, Campy. Uh, I like to be a little funny in my number, my face, my body. Um, you know, I like to do a little throwbacky songs. I'm a old, old school girl.
0: And what was the turning point for you where you said, you know what, this is what I want to do. I think I'm actually pretty good at it. I'm gonna go and do it.
2: Think, yeah. It was it was the idea that I was getting tired of teaching, and we can get into that. But I mean it, and the pandemic. Pandemic hits, I'm like, okay, um, what am I going to do? Just got cast in Cabaret okay, up in Toronto. Basically, literally before the show was about to go through full run through COVID hits. I'm sitting at home. I have obviously Tickle Trunk of Drags and Wigs and, and whatnot. Nothing really super elevated. We're getting there. Um, and I started pulling it out and just doing little silly like Facebook Live things when that started to become a thing. I did um, an Instagram uh, Mandy Mondays. Okay. So I was doing Mandy Mondays. I was interviewing drag queens and, you know, trying to get them out there. We would do little, I'd call it mouth off with Mandy. And we do a little like 45 sec- second lip sync. So it wouldn't get torn down and <laughs> um, just kind of went with it. Goofy girl, you know, and she, she's kind of living her best life. And this is a good message for everybody. Like it's never too late.
0: No, never. But, and I think that the pandemic, as bad as it has been, and as bad as it was, I think that there was a good silver lining, if you look for it. Because Amen. not only were a lot of new queens born, I think a lot of us who have been in the game for a little bit were reborn. Like, I personally, oh, okay. yeah. I, I was forced to kind of... Um, recreate myself or like, like really look and delve into the closet and figure out what would be good for a digital show. I started being creative again, which I felt like I hadn't really been that creative in years and years. Cause you know, you go on tour and it's kind of the same costume, same wig, same numbers over and over and over again. And you don't really get to like, go roam the dollar tree.
2: No, 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 and, and, we and put
0: together props and silly numbers. I mm, felt like I was right. really having fun with drag again. Well,
2: it must have been tough going back into the closet. <laughs> are you
0: okay? I, I, well, I'm Southern, so we, <laughs> we spend all holidays in the closet.
2: <laughs> it's nothing. No, um, no, that makes a lot of sense. So even even a girl like this, right, can revitalize herself. And I yeah. think that's probably a good message for everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. You can always get better at what you're doing. And honey. There's time. Live in the moment, bitches. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanna know what your
0: definition of a local queen is. That's interesting.
2: Um, I mean, it's, it's you're right. It's not always necessarily geography, although you, that's where your brain goes instantly. I think it just means queens that are finding their path. Like you find a stage for somebody that's finding what they are inside themselves. Local means like, hey, here's a girl that we can call up, wants to do a gig, wants to get herself seen out there. And, you know, I've just been really blessed with Lavender Promotions, of course, brought you up here. And um, actually I've known Lawrence for over 20 years and he saw me that long time ago and he knew. He's like, girl, if you can still give it, you know, so I'm a local queen in my town. I'm a local queen here in Windsor, even though it's two hours or Sarnia, two hours away local queen in various parts of the city. It's kind of like if you can get there and you can give it. Yeah. Right. Well, I I think it's very interesting kind of going back to pandemic,
0: digital drag, all that kind of stuff. Um, Now people, even local queens are being taken out of their local vicinity and, and getting to travel and see these new places. Because I feel like when drag moved to only online, We all started, you (laughs) don't hear from here up. We all started, um, kind of amassing fans from different areas. Yes,
2: yes. I actually weirdly started getting this follower of Brazilians. Yeah, they like look. Brazilians love drag, they love it. I love Brazil, (laughs) so do I. And sorry, I'm getting a little uncomfortable (laughs) in my (laughs) talk. But have you noticed that, you know, now you
0: are, you're a local girl, but you are on tour. You're, you're going all around to these different cities Seriously. and meeting all these people that have fallen in love with you through online
2: and the, the times that they've seen you and all that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you honestly can't believe it when it sort of begins to hit, right? All the right things will fall into place if you stay dedicated to your crowd mm-hmm. and stay true to yourself. and. Here it is. Yeah. It's been amazing. I've met some wonderful drag race queens and local girls. Mm-hmm. Like there are some fabulous queens who now are also sort of looking up to me because they're like maybe even newer because I've been doing her a while. And um, I live for that. I live for giving that kind of. Thing, I do too. You know, I, I absolutely know.
0: It's my favorite thing to do is to. It sounds so stupid. I'm sure people are going to say something in the comments, but to minister to the, the younger people, because like when I was growing up, I didn't have anybody like me that was any like, kind of public yeah, figure, yeah. you know, and drag was so frowned upon at that point. It's not like it was readily available on TV or like all these all ages shows that are happening now, like we're doing tonight. There's kids out there in the audience. And I think okay. that that's incredible. And I didn't have that. So I went through a lot of turmoil, kind of feeling like I didn't belong. And I didn't realize how universal that was until mm. I, suddenly I was on TV and mm. I'm going around and I'm meeting people and these kids are going, the kids yeah. are going, I want to be
2: like you. I you know. make me feel less alone. I know, I know. Uh, you know, and even people that have seen drag for the first time and they're, they're sort of shaking in your presence. It's crazy. It is like absolutely we're just human little beasts under this and and bringing like joy to people and honestly like i'm fed more by the joy that i know i'm giving others Mm -hmm. than like feeding off something that i'm like by just living for what this is it's Mm -hmm. like you're living for this you might in your mind i had a woman she gave me a little uh message on instagram and she's like i saw you were about the same age I, for the first time, am going to go back and do burlesque in my life. I've always wanted to do burlesque. And now she saw me and she's like, gonna do it. I think that's so brilliant.
0: I love it. I love that. Okay, so um, we have a couple minutes left, and I want to ask you three questions that I ask all of my guests. One, what was your first drag performance
2: ever? My first drag performance ever was in Vancouver, lived in Vancouver, It was for a gay hockey fundraiser kind of thing. And I did White Town's song, Woman, which actually is now sampled in a a new song. (laughs) Um, And I did this whole thing where I started off as, it's like, I could never be your woman, but I played it up. I could never be a woman. And then de-dragged in the whole thing, took the makeup off, went down to a jockstrap, Put on like shoulder pads and a helmet, and like went from one version to the other. Because at the time for me, it was sort of a sign for me. I think like still playing with what I like my masculinity, my femininity, masculinity. <laughs> if your name is Len. Um, no, I um, I knew I was playing with it at the time, and I think coming into something that I didn't realize I loved so much is is putting. Goes on and, and giving it to the audience. And my drag mother has passed. Her name was Wanda Fuca. It's a straight out there, Wanda Fuca. So she was Wanda Fuca. <laughs> I love that. Uh, two, what is the worst drag performance
0: you've ever given?
2: Um, probably, um, probably a version where I, I got too many people involved in a, in, as characters, very last minute took way too much sort of control in my own head of how you thought it was going to turn out. It didn't turn out. So in my mind, it was like terrible. It just bombed. But that's gone. And in the end, everybody kind of loved the way that it sort of unfolded in a stupid way. But like in the moment of feeling, oh my God, this isn't going right. (laughs) <laughs> it was probably that, yeah. Like someone was supposed to hand me a purse and the purse didn't come and the wig came off. It went, like it was just, it was a joke. <laughs> she survived, girl. But those are always fun to look it's back It's true. On.
0: It's true. What's the best drag performance you've ever given?
2: Um, I do a version of um, a song called Back Together. And it was the only time I've done a full ballad, pageanty sort of gown, um just glamour, slow reaching out to the audience. Picking grapes. Picking grapes, touching their hands, touching me, touching you. <laughs> and and ba, ba, ba. <laughs> good times never seem so good. So good.
1: So oh, good. So, okay. so good.
2: Um
1: and yeah, it was
2: it was just you you have them in the palm of your hands with every note. Mm-hmm. Because you're not out there like hopping around and clapping. It's slow. It's a moment. It's silence. And then it's just like the ovation. At the end everything. I love
0: that. And the final question is, what would your advice to
2: any new starting up local queens be? I would say um, look at queens that you love and adore that you follow. Find something that you love about their aesthetic that Resonates with you and go to a vintage shop. There's some amazing, this is, this is originally from a vintage shop. It's beautiful too. Um, I actually got the sleeves cut off and shortened her just to make it a little more fresh, fresh, fresh and up (laughs) Not me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Go to your vintage shop and look around, grab things that look like they meet your aesthetic. Follow makeup tutorials. Don't be afraid to not like, if all these drag race girls showed you some of their first drag looks, mom, mm-hmm. like we don't all start looking this. We start in a place that I think was meant for us to start. So yeah, wherever absolutely. you're meant to start, start there. YouTube is a blessing. Look at makeup tutorials. There's some fabulous ones out there. And honey, go to drag exchanges and different things on Facebook. They've got mm-hmm. one in Toronto. and running and get wigs and just go for it. Spend Spend a hundred bucks and go out there and try something. Mm-hmm. Do some open drag nights. And, and I would
0: say, don't don't get into drag for the wrong reasons. Don't think, oh, this is popular. I'm going to make money. No. You don't make money in drag. Not really. Even when you've been on television, you don't make money. Because if, if you're really passionate about it and you're a true queen at heart, you're going to invest every penny you get back into the business. It's true. It's true. And the more you invest in yourself, <laughs> the better it's going to be um so where can all of our
2: our listeners find you and follow you well you can find me on instagram at ms amanda villa ms amanda villa and i'm also on twitter but i just kind of started that i'm like i haven't quite taken the leap on giving the full mandy out there i'm still sort of working on that but same on twitter ms amanda villa and on facebook ms amanda villa and at ms amanda
0: I love that. And of course, as always, you can find me across all social media platforms. Just go to gingerminge.com. And make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe to this podcast, and uh, support your local queen. Because as always, they are your hometown sheroes.